Helen Leake, AM, is one of Australia's most accomplished producers, whose feature credits include Heaven's Burning, starring Robert Russell Crowe, Black and White, starring Carlisle Swerve, and Wolf Creek 2. Helen is here to tell us about how she is again working with writer Lewis Nowra after their successful collaboration on Black and White, which recently opened the Sydney Film Festival. On a film about Melbourne Rotary Foundation member and past president and one of our greatest Australians, Sir John Monash, and his achievements in World War I. Please, please welcome Helen to the podium. Thank you very much, Peter. And thank you all for having me to speak today. I was speaking to Kevin about um, Rotary, how it does so much very quietly. It's um, an excellent organisation and I congratulate you all. So I think the, the key question you want me to answer first is why there should be a feature film about Sir John Monash. Um, simply put, uh, this is a story that has to be told. Um, British and American film industries often tell stories about their heroes, but it's not very common for us Australians to do so. We were inspired to develop his story as a character-driven drama for the cinema because we believe it's important that we know about our heroes. We would like current and future generations to know about him and his legacy. We want to give local and international audiences an understanding of a complex, highly intelligent, driven Australian who was called by the British General Bernard Montgomery the greatest general on the Western Front. So why a feature film? There have been telemovies and documentaries. Um, it's the best way to reach a wide audience in an entertaining and accessible way. If the storytelling is great and the subject has meaning for audiences, Australians have proven they will buy tickets to the cinema. It's not all about streaming, as they did with Ladies in Black, Lion and The King's Speech. When I was young, the focus of Anzac Day was not so focused on Gallipoli as it is today. I would say the 1981 film Gallipoli, directed by Peter Weir, was an important factor in the heightened interest in Gallipoli. I would hope that Monash becomes an important factor in the interest in Sir John Monash. Also about Gallipoli, I've always found it puzzling that we celebrated defeat, whereas the efforts of the Australians who fought and died on the Western Front deserve to be better known, not just within military circles. I had a great great aunt who's a sister on the Western Front and looking at her correspondence and her father's back to her, um, it was very interesting to hear of her meeting the Americans, the conditions and what life was like. Um, every family in in Australia, going back a couple, two or three generations, will find a connection to the First World War if you look. And I think now's the time to tell this story and let other people discover their own linkages back to the past. So hopefully we don't make 
similar mistakes in the future. So this story that we want to make is for Australians of today and future generations. So you might ask, how do we actually bring this story to the screen? There are probably many people here who know the story of um, Monash very well, but I'll give you a quick potted history to give you a sense of this very compelling person. He was born of German Jewish immigrants. He was ambitious and hardworking with many links to this wonderful city of Melbourne, which continues to grow beyond belief. He was Dux of Scotch College, a graduate of the University of Melbourne in the fields of engineering and law. He was a successful businessman who weathered the 1890s recession and continued his engagement with the militia throughout his civilian life. So when the Great War was declared, he volunteered for service when he was close to 50 years of age. He was to be away from his wife and daughter for five years, not returning until 1919, when he had successfully repatriated most of Australia's returning soldiers, all of whom were volunteers. He continued to work on their behalf for the rest of his life and serve his country with distinction. He laid the basis for Victoria's prosperity by setting up the State Electoral Commission continued his deep scientifics by setting up the forerunner from what was to become the CSIRO. He ensured that the Melbourne Shrine was constructed as an enduring memorial to all who served and continue to serve in our armed services. After the death of his wife, Victoria, in 1920, the woman whose company he sought while 12,000 miles away from home, Lizzie Bentwich, a good friend of his wife, came out from England and they were to be companions for the rest of his life, although they never married. That brief history and time frame will make it very clear to you that we cannot cover every aspect of Monash's life in 100 minutes. So you may wonder how we get to a story that will engage audiences and give them a sense of Monash the man. Well, first, you have to have a good script. Development is a long journey. And as I say, the key to a great film is a great script. We looked at some of the books on Monash, but our aim was not um, a comprehensive biographical documentary-style film, but a character study of a talented, com complex man who rose to the challenges thrown up by that awful war. He was an extraordinary letter writer and journal keeper. Andrew mentioned um, his victories at France 1918 earlier today. And our research showed that his voice was the best source material. He made himself into a great leader who used all his skills as an engineer, lawyer, pianist and well-educated Australian to prove that there was an innovative, radical way of fighting that combined all the new technology of guns, tanks, aircraft, infantry to win victory. So Louis Naura, who's one of our most talented screenwriters and playwrights, agreed to tackle the task of shaping this story with us. He became totally fascinated with Monash, as were we. 
We wanted to tell a story that started with our hero at a low point and show the audience Monash's hero's journey. As I said, we're aiming for a character-driven drama, not a war film full of battle scenes. After various drafts, we found a way to shape the drama. In the film, we'll meet Monash 50 years old, working through the lessons learnt at the debacle that was Gallipoli, then following him to England, where he has to train a new wave of Australian volunteers and take them to the Western Front, culminating with the Battle of Hamel. I shan't reveal all the ins and outs of the plot. We want you to go and see the film. But it culminates in Monash being given the green light to put his innovative plan for the Battle of Hamel into practice. Where he was able to prove how his meticulous planning, which synchronised air support, multifaceted, new innovative use of tanks, enemy and infantry, and elements of surprise, could result in a very small loss of life compared with what had gone before in trench warfare. After Le Hamel, the battle plans were printed and widely circulated throughout the Allied forces as a blueprint for modern warfare. That's the structure of the story. Now the characters have to come to life and to engage the audiences with the journey. With an excellent script, it attracts excellent talent, both in front and behind the camera. And the next step was to find the right director who can bring the story and characters to life. And we will be as passionate about this project as we are. Bruce Beresford came on 18 months ago and further drafts were written by Louis with Bruce's input. However, for personal reasons, Bruce is not able to continue. And we are very fortunate to have attracted John Curran to the project. John um, is American, but it's, uh, came out to Australia as a young man and spent over 20 years in the Australian screen industry, and he knows Australia very well. John is wonderful with performance, um, and he's always attracted excellent actors such as Edward Norton, Naomi Watts, Robert De Niro, Liv Schreider, and our lead actor for this film, Jason Clarke with whom, um, who was directed by John in the recent film Chappaquiddick. So it's key for this film that we have a director who can direct actors, that's their key task, given that it is a character-driven drama and all about the battles behind the battlefield. And I'm talking about the conscious and unconscious biases that came into play for Monash. First, his German-Jewish background. Um, they used to speak German at home and he was immersed in German culture. The fact that he was a non-professional soldier was held against him in some quarters of the Imperial forces. And thirdly, he wasn't British. He was a colonial. Even Australians, Keith Murdoch, and historian C.J. Bean lobbied against Monash behind the scenes, influencing the then Prime Minister William Hughes, that perhaps Monash was not the best choice to be the first Australian commander 
to lead Australian forces. But um, the, some of the British uh, didn't agree with that and he was successful in becoming the first Australian general to lead Australian and then Allied forces. Now we're in the process of building the rest of the team to work with John, that is the director of photography, production designer, first assistant director and editor. Um, and all these heads of department share the vision of the project. Filmmaking is a collaborative and expensive exercise and it's, a one, it's one of the key roles of a producer to build the best possible team so that they can do their work and make magic happen. Let's think forward to the point when the film is finished. How are we going to reach audiences? This is a question that we always ask at the outset of development of any concept. A producer needs to think who would be the most appropriate distributor in Australia in this film and who would be the best sales agent to sell the film to distributors in overseas territories to get the best result for those um, investors and um, people who support the film. We've been fortunate with this project, well not fortunate, unsurprisingly because it's an excellent script, to have a couple of um, very good Australian distributors who were keen to be involved when the project was in the early stages of development. We decided to go with Paramount Pictures. It's been a long time since Paramount have chosen to do an Australian film. We've found them excellent partners. They've been good with script and um, They've offered a sizeable marketing budget to fulfil their intent to give the film a wide release in Australia and New Zealand. Arclight Films will handle rest of world sales as our sales agent. As established by Australian Gary Hamilton, Arclight has handled over 300 films and has excellent long-standing contacts in all territories. We must think about marketing from the outset and during the shooting of the film, we create trailers, posters, interviews with key cast and crew, all the elements that our distributor and sales agent will need to successfully market the film. The projected shoot date, um, virus notwithstanding, um, is... Uh, late 2020 and it should be in your cinemas, um, Boxing Day 2021. You might be surprised how long it takes but that's a year or so from the time we are financed and contracting is normal for a film. We're passionate about making this film. It's been a journey of some years to get to this point and as I said at the outset, set, this is a story that must be told. So John Monash deserves to be better known to all Australians. I've seen the statue of Monash on the university campus. It came about because of the successful efforts of the Monash pioneers, some of the first students of, this university, of that university, to make him better known after a survey of the students thought their university was named after the Monash Highway. In the Imperial War Museum, 
uh, the special exhibition on World War I, which I visited in 2014. I searched vainly for mentions of Monash and his wonderful Australians and could only find one reference, which was about the high rate of desertion in the closing months of a year, which Monash staunchly defended, noting once again that Australian um, soldiers were all volunteered and many soldiers had been away from home, like Monash, for over five years. Monash was a technological genius and a master technician. The psychological effect of the Battle of Le Hamel was electrifying and changed the way war was fought. It was also the first time Americans fought alongside Australians, a, a fact brought up by President Trump in his welcoming address on the occasion of Prime Minister Morrison's state visit. Monash also understood the human nature of war. To be a soldier, one has to drive every atom of sympathy from one's soul. He did not glorify war, and in his very frequent letters back home to his wife, Vic, and daughter, Bertha, he wrote most eloquently about the awful business of war. So, and I've got a motto that um, I've taken from Monash. He said, you must always have a, have a plan. Even if it's a bad plan, it's better than no plan at all. And every producer should, well, I advise everybody to follow that. Now, in the time left, I thought I would like you to ask me questions. <laughs>